Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Here we go. Good morning. Good Welcome to A to Z Sports Live, presented by Boston Scientific, streaming live on YouTube and Facebook, and of course, I am your host, Will Skywalker Still, Oh yeah, baby, we picking up this free agency primer. I throw y'all, throw a little curveball. I'm going to talk about the defensive tackle market, and no... Deron Payne is not one of the four options. Again, I like to throw y'all curveball sometimes with those thumbnails. But I got four options. We got the Catboy Criteria side, and we got the Wildcat and Jerry side. But I'm going to tell you why the Wildcat and Jerry side is, is not that far-fetched if they're willing to just go a little bit above their tendencies in free agency. Just, just a little bit. I'm not asking them dudes to, to, to go crazy, but if, they, if they're willing to go a little bit above uh, the most they've spent in the last five, six years in free agency, there's a, there's, a, there's a chance you can get this guy, and I think he can make a big difference. So we'll talk about the three Catboy guys. That could be a factor, but that Wildcat and Jerry, that Wildcat and Jerry, I think could help out this uh, defense and help out Michael Parsons, who wants some help in the middle. What's good, Bomb Squad? Bomb Squad! We also going to talk about, hey, they really trying to get Tyrus Smith, man. They really trying to get Tyrus Smith back here. So we'll dive into that contract situation. And then the DeAndre Hopkins thing. There, there's a box that has been checked that can make that, a, that dream more reality. But we talked about how difficult that would be. And one of the things that made it difficult sounds like DeAndre Hopkins is, is willing to move on. So we'll talk about that in a the roundup. Then we'll get into the meat and potatoes with this Cowboys free agency primer talking about defensive tackles. And, and I already see my guy, Toxic's like, oh, it's about to be a depressing show. Usually. Right. Usually we talk about these these cat boy criterias and they're not fun options. But I think a couple of the cat boy criterias, I think you like them. Uh, the Wildcat and Jerry, you'll really like. And this is a position where. If they go a little cheap here, th- th- there's a possibility to get some guys that can help you out. We saw it with Jonathan Hankins put a pin in that. So let's talk about it, Cowboys Nation. All right. Let's talk about it. Let's let's use our imaginations a little bit, man. Uh, what's up with y'all though? We got twelve ninety five top shot in the building, Captain America in the building, Jerry Jones, bargain. Who's this guy? Gregory, what up? James Rogley, uh, Toxic Tom, of course. What happened, Jameson? Oh, I have to go. In. What's up, James? How you doing, man? Uh, Splendor Poppy Joey Vila, Hallelujah. What's up? Uh, who else we got in here? CJ in the building, Swain, Rosetta over on Facebook. Shout out to Facebook rocking with us this morning. Uh, Sin City. What's up, Sin City? It's been a minute since I've seen you, man. Been a minute. Uh, Iceberg Q. I 
I'm sure Iceberg Slim will be coming here. My bad for getting y'all mixed up sometimes. There's Iceberg Cute, and we got Iceberg Slim. Man, my bad, man. I apologize. Peter Rizzo in the building. Um, dark, <laughs> dark skin, rare breed. What's up, man? Over on Facebook. John Garcia and the many more coming through. What's up, bands? I see you. A lot of our regulars up in the building. I appreciate y'all being here. There you go. King Element dropped in here. And uh, let's get this thing started. Uh, Stephen White, I see you dropped up in here. Chris Vargo. I really want to talk about these, these free agents because I, I truly believe Dallas needs to attack this position in this market because they don't attack this position in the draft. Not at least until day three, right? So they got to get some guys, maybe multiple guys, at this position to help out the Michael Parsons, the D-Laws, the, the Dorrance Armstrongs, and these linebackers, whoever the hell is going to be back there. They really have to address this. So I want to get into that. But first, we got to handle this, uh, this Cowboys news in the roundup. It's time! It's time! It's time! Time. It is time for it's time for the morning roundup. Round them up, boys. Hey, yo. I guess they really is trying to bring back Tyra Smith, huh? Man, this this could be a show in of itself. But here's the latest on Tyron Smith. So last week. Jerry came out and said, oh, no, we, we, we're trying to bring back Tyra Smith and Jason Peters. Or it was a couple weeks ago, whenever it was. New report came out yesterday, Jeremy Fowler. Quote, the Cowboys are working on a resolution to bring eight-time Pro Bowler Tyra Smith back for a 13th season, which could include a reworked contract per sources. Smith is due $13.6 million in the final year of his deal. We, we kind of explored many options here with Tyron Smith. The obvious one would be to just cut ties, save your money, and, and move forward. But we also discussed what are the options if he were to return. I think it, had, it would have have to be something in this fashion, right? Rip up the contract, rework it, drop that, that salary significantly down. And use whatever money that you save via free agency or to extend somebody, what have you. Here's my problem. I don't believe this is this is for depth. I don't believe this is, oh, because we want to use money elsewhere. I think they truly are, are trying to bring him back to be the starter at left tackle. Look, man. When Tyron Smith was healthy and playing, Tyron Smith was 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 one of them ones that left tackle. But 17 games out of the last, what, 50? What was the number we did? 2, 11, and 4 over the last three seasons? You cannot go into this season depending on Tyron Smith. It went from, okay, I can live with Tyron Smith missing three games. Because that's about what he missed on average. Three games. One from three. To averaging like eight. To damn, he barely even made it out of camp. He matter of fact, he did not make it out of camp. So we have this thing over on Vata Show where we say we have to address the wide receiver position like Tober doesn't exist. Like 
Gallup doesn't exist. I feel the same way about tackle. I, I want to address this position like Tyron doesn't even exist. Because you can't rely on Tyron Smith anymore. There, a lot of people say, well, you don't know. He, he, you know, he could be healthy this year. He could. But the data shows he won't. So what does a rework contract look like? We got to wait and see. Likely probably something like a, a one-year or two-year deal in the neighborhood of, of sub-7 million per. But it really isn't the, the, the numbers that worry me because, again, we've come to the conclusion that Dallas isn't going to spend a ton in free agency. What's the role, though? What's the role? Is the role he's starting left tackle move Tyler Smith into guard? Look, I'm I'm for moving Tyron into guard if it's going to be for a guy that you can count on, depend on for the future at left tackle. That ain't Tyron no more. I'm all about seeing Tyler Smith be a nasty guard. Only if you give me a left tackle of the future. That ain't Tyron anymore. So this is a wait and see approach here. I, I, I don't swing tackle. Back up. I don't see that happening, man. I don't think Tyron's coming back to be that. So we have to monitor this situation and uh, see where they go from here. But I feel like if they were to bring Tyron back, this could be an indication that they do not want to take an offense lineman early in the draft. And I know Danny is about to, his head is about to explode hearing that. Much like the Cowboys, though, it is what it is. It is what it is. It is, it is what it is. Zeke is our left tackle. So this is the third day in a row, fourth day in a row, I can't remember, that we've brought up DeAndre Hopkins. It started off as a he-he, now it's a he-he-hell. So funny, because yesterday we said, hey, DeAndre Hopkins, I can understand the actual interest the Cowboys sniffing around his trade market because th this is the one position that they, they do something like that, right? They've traded for the the Roy Williams of the world. They traded up for Des Bryant. They traded for uh, uh, Joey Galloway. They traded for Amari Cooper. So, and then they were sniffing around the trade market at the deadline and they, they wanted to try to go get Odell Beckham. So when it comes to wide receiver and the Cowboys interest, it is believable. But we also said it's a lot that has to happen. And one of those things that had to happen was Hopkins had to have some flexibility in his contract. According to Ian Rappaport, DeAndre Hopkins went on Pat McAfee's show and said he's been hearing a lot about the trade talk. So he is very well aware that he could be on the move. And then obviously he had the video with Dez where, you know, Cowboy fans have been talking about him and, and he knows that, you know, social media allows these players to know what's going on out here in, these, in the fandom world. But according to Ian Rappaport, it's of his understanding that if a trade were to happen, he'd be flexible on the last two years of his contract rather than shoot for a top of the market deal. Well, sir, sign me up. I mean, you could sign me up already, but if D hop is truly willing to say, Hey, look, I made my bread. I just want to get out this, this toxic situation over here in Arizona. And the next stop that I'm at, I'm willing to be flexible on those last two years to make this thing work. 100% all in on this. Well, Sky's not a speedster. Go get you a speedster. This is DeAndre Hopkins we're talking about. This is a superstar. This is a, a stud. Is likely going to go into the Hall of Fame. 
and he's still balling. Sign me up, Cowboys Nation. Uh, does this change for those in the chat that were like, nah, I'm good on D-Hop, too old, too much money? Does this does this change your mind a little bit? Would you be willing to acquire DeAndre Hopkins if he is more flexible on the cap, on the money, or what have you? I'm sure this makes Stephen Jones perk up a little bit. Here comes the money. Here we go. Money talks. Here comes the money. King said I wanted him anyway. Hopkins for a two plus Gallimore less go, says Professor O. I feel like in any scenario with D Hop a trade with Arizona, we gotta ship off Michael Gallup, right? Like we gotta ship off my I mean, I don't know what the what the cap ramifications are for trading Michael Gallup after one year of signing a five-year deal, but I feel like that's gotta happen. Everybody seems to be in on this. Um I know there are a few people who were out, but but this should at least moved it a little bit. But doesn't that sound about right? Maybe, maybe, maybe King, maybe Professor O, somebody can go get the the ramifications if you trade a Michael Gallup in this situation. How, how much does that affect the Cowboys cap? But I almost feel like you can't. I mean, you can. You can you can bring in D Hop and keep Gallup, but where's my button? Mother for what? Why? Uh, Jermaine said he would love to see D-Hop. Whatever happened to us and Odell Beckham says twelve ninety five nothing. There's still interest there. Uh, according to Jerry Jones, he spoke with uh, not directly to 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 Odell Beckham, but he spoke with his mother. And if we're being completely honest. The Odell Beckham is, is is in all likelihood the more possible situation for the Cowboys. The Cowboys don't like to give up picks. However, we're talking about wide receiver now. Wide receiver, they do that. But if you go to Steven and say, hey, we can keep our picks and we can go get Odell Beckham for $8 million per, I'm sure Steven will want to go out and do that. <laughs> yeah, toxic. That's kind of crazy. Uh, thank you, Professor O. So it'd be eight million in dead money and five. What? What? Eight million in dead money, which you could spread out, right? You could spread that out over two years, and then five million in cap savings. I'm picking up that phone right now. Arizona, you want him or what? I keep Tober. I mean, if they want Tober instead of instead of Gallup because the money, still do it. But I'm 100 percent moving moving Gallup to get DeAndre Hopkins. Blue Star Texas said, are we looking at a second? Yes. That, for 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 the, the draft folk, that would be the drawback, right? If you don't want to give up a second round pick. I say damn with that second round pick. I'm shooting for the Stars for the next two seasons, and DeAndre Hopkins is a part of my, my two-year all-in approach. Two-year all-in approach. Go get me D-Hop. Uh, probably be like a second and a fifth. Something like that, right? But see, other organizations know how to recoup that. But we are talking about the Cowboys. Uh, Nick said, I would hold Tobert to see if the offense would work with them. Yeah, I'd hold Tobert if, if you ain't talking about including him in the deal, right? But but Nick, I'm pretty sure if, you, if they came to you and said, hey, look, we, we want Tobert, but we'll give you D-Hop. You take it all day. 
Uh, Trip says, Scott, your two year approach is uh, two year approach all in is exactly right. It's kind of where I'm at with it, Trip. We at this point right now where I mean I've said this for y'all for years. If it don't work when we go all in, fine. I, I'm not going to sit here and come at the organization. That never was me in the first place when people was like, oh, well, Jerry was spending money. He was spending money on his guys. And it didn't work. Again, he was spending money on his guys. There was a point in time, the Leonard Davises of the worlds, the uh, uh, Anthony Henry's, like those things were actually work. Like Anthony Henry was good. Leonard Davis was good for you. Too much of anything is a problem though, right? Cat Williams said, too many Tylenols be your last headache. I'm not telling him to take too many Tylenols. I'm just saying. All right, before we get to the free agency primer, let me get to my Reading brother. I haven't heard from my Reading brother in a very long time. Good morning, good sir. Good morning, my brother, and God bless you and the family and the show, like always, and also to your your partner in crime, Vaz, nobody, blessings to his family, too, in this show, too. I just want to say, I'm just listening to you. Everything that you're saying on point, like always. And I just wanted to call in because I haven't been calling in a while. God bless you. Keep on giving these people the real knowledge that you know. God bless you, my brother. Thank you, man. I, I appreciate you and I hope all is well with you, man. All right. Man, that's cool. He's just calling and just check up, man. I ain't heard from me in a while. I hope all is well um, with our Reading brother. Let's see here. Uh, Nappy Roots, too much anything makes you an addict. Zane says, stop the cap. Another playmaker on offense is needed. Kincaid is dead. Oh, that was yesterday's show. Here's your playmaker right here. <laughs> DeAndre Hopkins. Oh, Kincaid is dad. I mean, I don't want to go back too far. Look, man, I don't know if you watch Vacha's show. Let me just reiterate this. I am not calling Kincaid a bad player. Like, Kincaid's a good player. I think he's going to be a good player in this league. If we were a team that that was in absolute need of a, a tight end like Kincaid, I'd, I'd probably change my tune. I just don't believe we are, you know? Um, I'm pretty much 10 toes down, and maybe, you know, I'm all about more data that changes I'm 10 toes down on Jake Ferguson being a, being that dude, being a guy. So me building my team, I'm looking at like I got my tight end of the future. So and tight end is a position that I don't think is one of them positions like you Kittle, Kelsey, you know, those are two extreme difference makers. Everybody else kind of just rotates, right? The Mark Andrews and Jacecki and Dog shows and Waller, I think you put up there too. But there's like three of them guys. Then the rest kind of rotate throughout the throughout the season, throughout the years. Kincaid's a good play. If the Cowboys were to draft Kincaid, like I said, they need to then feature Kincaid. He cannot be, oh, he's option three, four. Your offense also almost has to revolve around Kincaid and Lamb because you're not taking a first-round pick on a tight end to be the third and fourth option. So I don't want nobody to think I, I'm, I'm, I dislike the kid. I think he's a good receiving tight end. But you have to use him like that. You're going to have to detach him a lot. I ain't putting him inside. He's going to get bullied. That's the thing with Jake Ferguson. I could do a lot of things with Jake. Jake is a damn good blocker. Jake can spread out. Jake can be in line. And I like my tight ends to be able to be in line with the ability to spread out, not spread out with the ability to come in line and not be good at it. So for those, I'm not sure what the name was, who was saying, stop the cap. I don't like Kincaid or whatever. 
that ain't the case, man. Kincaid's going to be a fine player in this league. I just don't see the need for the Cowboys to take a Kincaid uh, in round one because I believe in Jake Ferguson. And if you do take him, now your offense is going to probably be nerfed just a little bit because you're not you're not going to be opening up. Here's the thing. Somebody said yesterday about, I think it was Iceberg. Well, Kincaid downfield and all this and all that. I went and looked at, at tight end targets 20 yards down, downfield. Do y'all know there's only like one tight end in the, in the National Football League that had more than five receptions of 20 yards in the air? One. In fact, there's only like three or four tight ends that got more than 10 or 11 targets throughout the entire season. Most tight ends are going to be targeted on short and intermediate routes. To have the ability to get down seam is great, but for the most part, you're not throwing your tight ends 20-yard passes. It's just not happening. So that argument, I think it was yesterday when somebody was, oh, well, he can go down. Every tight end can go downfield, but the NFL is not throwing deep balls to tight ends. That's what you got receivers for. I need my tight end to be able to find these, these holes. I need my tight end to be able to get some yak ability. I need my tight end to be able to secure the catch. Y'all know my man had 22 targets last year and zero drops. Jake Ferguson. Y'all know like 70-something percent of his yards were yak? I don't know, man. I feel like Jake, I feel like when Travis Kelsey, one of the GOATs, comes out and says, that kid Jake Ferguson down in Dallas, yeah, he, he one of them ones. I feel pretty good about it. Nacho, what's up, man? Good day, Sky. How you doing? I'm good. How are you? Good, good. Hey, listen, um, the time is now. I mean, the time is now. I mean, you know, opportunities like that with D. Hopkins, you know, willing to be flexible, you know, round two. You know, we've misfired on round two players. We've taken risks and chances of players that have had, you know, injuries you're coming off of. If it's going to take that, you know, um, you know, we, we – I'm hearing that we are looking into things, right? I mean, in terms of – doing the research, what is it going to take? You know, I mean, it's pretty clear what it is. Okay, now that you've franchised Pollard and now you're going to figure out some of your players between now and the draft, okay, you got, I mean, you fall asleep, other teams are going to grab them, they're going to go elsewhere, and we're in the same boat we've been for the most part. So if you're going to make moves that you're going to make, the moves are now, and, and – I'm with you. Uh, I think D. Hopkins would be an outstanding veteran guy that can come in there and be a complement to what we already have on on the offensive side of the ball. Uh, I mean, let me ask you this now: if if Odell Beckham Jr. Uh, uh, Hopkins, let's just say those two players, yeah, who would you take? Who who do you want? Oh, I would take Hopkins. It's, it's okay. way more of a short thing. Odell don't got no ACLs. <laughs> so, so you know. Exactly, right? Look, look, I'm not saying if the Cowboys sign Odell Beckham, I would not be on here upset. I, I, w- I would actually like to have an Odell Beckham if he's the one that you're going to get because you can't land a Cooks or you can't land a, a DeAndre or Mike Evans or any of these other you know type of receivers. And if I can get Odell Beckham without giving up compensation, I'm not going to be over here whining about it. But if between those two, Give me DeAndre Hopkins. Odell Beckham, I just can't trust that he'll be healthy. Absolute. Absolute. And and 
And my hope is this, and, I'm, and, and I'll leave you with this thought. My wishful thinking is this, is that we make, you know how, you, you know, they talked about making the big splash or this and that. Okay, you want to get the Dallas Cowboy fan base excited? Okay, then go, go get yourself a, a D. Hopkins and a Wagner, uh, a D. Hopkins, uh, 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 or, or you really want to really make a splash? <laughs> Let's go get Ramsey and D. Hopkins. Okay, and then we move. I don't think you can do Figure all it all out. Put the hey, put the credit card. Do what you got to do. You know, if you're gonna if you're gonna be limited on draft picks, at the end of the day, a lot of these teams, like we've talked about in the past, they're making moves. They're putting the chips on the table. They're doing what they're doing. Okay, if we have that type of team, which I believe we do, yeah. If we are maybe the third best team in the NFC coming back, third or fourth best team, what have you, you got to do what you got to do, Sky. And I'm hoping we make some noise. I'll leave you with that thought. 100%. Have a blessed day, my man. 100%. You got to do what you got to do. Appreciate you, Nacho. You got to do what you got to do. Facts. And I think one of the things the Cowboys have to do is they've got to get themselves not maybe not just one, maybe multiple run stoppers in this, in this not just the draft, but in this free agency class, specifically defensive tackle. Specifically, defensive tackle. Now, Deron Payne was the big name everybody talked about, but he got uh, franchise tagged by Washington. We, in reality, that was never going to happen. That was never going to happen. So, y'all know how we do in the free agency primer. We take a look at real options that the Cow- Cowboys can potentially get, and then we have a little fun with a a Wildcat and Jerry option, which I'm telling you ain't that far fetched. But let's take a look at option number one for the Cowboys that I have as a cat boy. Criteria: A guy that I think can come in here and help you in the run game department. That is one Ashawn Robinson, who was with Detroit a few years ago, got traded to L.A. for essentially nothing and was a key figure in their Super Bowl run in 2021. Now, why is he a Catboy criteria? Well, y'all know the criteria. If you're, if you're new here and you don't, let me help you. Hurt guy. Cheap guy, veteran guy, or a combination of those three with some midterm upside, not long-term. You know, I don't sign these guys long-term. Some midterm, meaning two or three years they can stick around as opposed to one. That's Catboy criteria. Ashawn Robinson fits that, man. He's a veteran guy. He got hurt last year. But he's had some productivity in this league. 6'4", 330 pounds. The dude can play. The dude can absolutely play. Now, he only played a half a season last year because he tore his meniscus, but he should be good to go. I guess it's a meniscus tear. I've told my meniscus. Many people torn their meniscus. He should be good to go for camp at the very least, right? He's probably good to go now for being honest. Even with him tearing his meniscus last year, even with him only playing half the season, his 49 defensive stops over the last two seasons puts him in the top 20. That's 49 in a season and a half. A lot of people don't have that many stops in a full two or three seasons. And then the final piece that makes him a cat boy criteria, the, the most important piece. Here comes the money. Here we go. Money talk. His projected contract per PFF, one year, 
$2.5 million. I would 100% take that. Robinson in LA showed a little bit of versatility. And what I mean is LA did a lot of uh, three, three, four type of looks where he was playing some, some five tech stuff lined up sometimes over the tackle. And he, he did a phenomenal job in my opinion in stacking and shedding. He's going to be a run guy. Like you're not going to get and most of these dudes you're going to see here. In fact, all of them really are all going to be run guys. I'm doing this on purpose. I don't think Dallas needs to go get pass rushy defensive tackles right now, unless it's one of them ones. But I think Osa, I think you got Chauncey, those two dudes, maybe they grab a guy in the draft, but those two dudes are going to be your pass rushy three tech types. They need guys that are going to help open up things for the defensive ends, open up things for the linebackers, but also can cause these accidents in the backfield. Y'all know I like to say that. They can cause these, these car accidents back there. They're not just in the way. They're causing them. A'shaun Robinson did that for, for LA. Well, Sky the Rams sucked last year. I know. We're talking individual players, though. And then how that individual player can fit in Dallas. So, Cowboys Nation. A'shaun Robinson. We're, we're talking Catboy criteria targets. We're on a scale of 1 to 10. You know, How would you feel about A'shaun Robinson? on a looks like projected one year 2.5 million dollar deal one one year 2.5 million and one of the things one of the themes you're going to see with um some of these these players all of them actually are that these are mostly one tech nose tackle run guys i'm i'm not really going to feature any three tech light in the butt type dudes all these dudes going to be 320 plus Three, three, twenty plus. Uh, one to ten. A lot of people nines. Nine, eight and a half, seven, eight and a half, ten. Sugar Daddy Williams all in. Nine. Brandon said he's fine. You got him at eight. <laughs> Sky, I need to set my targets way lower. Two point five, pretty damn low, man. But but you might be right about that. Uh, Larry. Oh. So the the Larry, I always get his name wrong. Ogin, Oganobi, is that what it is? Oganobi, that's one of the guys that I mean is more three techie. I'm looking for three twenty plus that could defend the run. Looking for three twenty plus that could defend the run, and I'm trying to be realistic, right? Like Ashawn is realistic. This isn't a guy that's that's going to cost you a lot. It's a catboy criteria fit. DJ say seven. Too broke to pay attention says eight, eight and a half. So a lot of y'all would feel good about an A'shaun Robinson uh, 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 situation. I would too. I would too. But I want to get the opinion on my guy that I talk a lot about on this show from the Cochran firm. Our guy. Mr. Brian Pope, what's good, B? Will Skywalker Steele, how are you doing, buddy? <laughs> I'm good, man. Long time no speak. Uh, I haven't talked to you since our d- disappointing playoff I know. loss, man. I, I'm I'm still trying to recover from yeah. uh, that debacle. Yeah. Uh, I thought I thought we had the horses uh, this year, last year, um, but uh, you know we just can't get over the hump, man. So what are we going to do to do that? Well, we're, that's what we're trying to figure out, right? We're trying to figure out the 
the how to put the Cowboys in the best position. And, and today, I'm talking about trying to help out this run defense with with these defensive tackles. Are you familiar with uh, Ashawn Robinson from uh, from the Rams? He is a bad boy. Absolutely, Alabama is my football team. There you go. Uh, I grew up in Alabama, so um, I love me some A Rob. And uh, I, I think I was hearing you say you could get him one year at what? How much? I believe it was one year, two point five million dollars was the the projected contract. I know he's got the meniscus, but you know I, I think I think that's a great risk uh, to take. Um, I'd love to see him uh, paired with Micah, um, and and uh, as as you say, I'd like to see him cause some car wrecks in the uh, backfield. <laughs> yeah, yeah, but if you got real car wrecks, make sure you hit up my guy Brian down at the Cocker Firm. But um, <laughs> that's that's right. <laughs> we'll talk about that in a, in a second. But um, you know what. What are we going to do with Zeke? Because every time you and I talk, that's always an issue we, we try to figure out. Well, it, it sounds like, it feels like, let me say this, it feels like they're going to be moving on from Zeke. Um, at the very least, he's going to be ripping up that contract. But when you franchise tag Tony Pollard, right, at $10 million, there's just no way you can bring Zeke back at his current contract, correct? I mean, that, it can't happen. No, no. He'd have to take a massive cut, right? I just I don't know if he if he is interested in doing that either. And, and check this out. But I mean, not just a massive cut. B. What's the market for him? But doesn't he have to take a a reduced role? I mean, I don't think he could be a guy that you're going to tote the rock fifteen to seventeen times no more. No, no, two two yards and a pound of dust. No, we 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 need we've seen that play and it's not working. Um, but what kind, of, what kind of market, though, is out there for him? I mean, uh, Look, I, I'm not sure there's much of a market. The, the, his people went to the combine, apparently, to get his market value, and it doesn't sound like they came back with a, with a, with a reasonable answer. So I, I, it feels like they're going to try to do everything they can to, to stay in Dallas. He's comfortable here. He knows the guys. He knows the offense. Uh, his best friend is here. It sounds like they're going to try to work something out. It's just I don't want him to turn into a progress stopper. No, no. Assuming, assuming that Pollard has a good recovery, uh, by all indications he's going to, you know, from from his injury, uh, he he should get the uh, the burden of the load. Um, I mean, he 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 is a a game changer, and you know we saw that time and again last year. The Cowboys were clicking when he was uh, playing as well. Yeah, it, look, when he went out, that changed everything in that game, and it, and it felt like um, our, our yeah. staff had no answer um, from losing him. It's like they, they kind of was deer in headlights, like, oh, my God, we lost our, our most explosive player. What do we do? Answer, throw the ball to CeeDee Lamb 70 times. That, that's kind of what happened. Right, and, and, and that was going to uh, – thing I wanted to talk about was uh, my biggest issue offseason is we've got to improve the receiver core. Uh there's no question, you know, you look at what Philly did the offseason last year. They went out and got A.J. Brown, and, and he, was, he was a total game-changer and allowed Hurts uh, to take to the next uh, level. Yep. Devontae Smith was, you know, getting open to. Um, we, need a, we need a playmaker to go with C.D., and I, I love the, the idea of D-Hop. I was just about to say. Uh, that is a that. toxic – yeah, that's a toxic situation there. Kyler Murray's not even going to play for most of the year. Um, so I could definitely see him, 
coming over here. And, and I guess, you know, like you said, he's, he is interested if he does it potentially being more flexible on his two-year of contract. Yep. Yep. He said, I mean, well, according to, to Ian Rappaport, I can't put words in, in, in his mouth. According to Ian Rappaport, he believes right. if he were to be traded, DeAndre Hopkins um, would be flexible on on the, the contract. over like He has two years left. And his last two years, I believe, are extremely expensive for a team. But I think he's willing to move that money. Because if I'm not mistaken, most of that guarantee was probably already paid to him. Well, you know, I like Michael Gallup, but uh, he is what he is. I, I think we know that now. Uh, he's, he's not going to be um, a one or a two. Uh, so I think I think you know hindsight twenty twenty obviously but losing Amari for a fifth rounder that was just criminal. Uh, we, yeah. we we finally found out during the season how much of a loss that was, um, and it took so long for Dak to even feel comfortable with CD as a number one. Uh, just imagine if Amari had been with the team the whole time. Yeah, it could have been a different outcome. Yeah, when the Joneses come out and basically admit, yeah, we messed up. We messed that one up. We we put our belief in a rookie from South Alabama and a wide a hurt guy wide receiver coming off an ACL injury. We messed that one up. But all of Cowboy Nation saw saw that that coming. And uh, once you got into into the second round of the game where you needed some dudes, you needed your guys, you lost one of your dudes, and you were down to really one dude. Yep. And I guess the other thing I have on my notes is, what are we going to do with LVE? Because, you know, he had a good year last year, um, and uh, I think it would be a hole that we'd have to uh, to plug if we lose him. Well, uh, Stephen Jones said he deserves to, to, to be paid. He deserves to try to get re-signed. But I just don't know about re-signing a guy long-term that has chronic neck issues, right? Uh, listen, one-year deal? where he has to compete again because I felt like he had to compete a little bit last year and he showed his ass off in, in training camp. Then yeah. it, it was up Contract and down, year. you know, up and down a little bit to start of the season, but then he found a groove and it showed how invaluable uh, he was to the defense in the second half of the season. So, you know, I, I'm not opposed to bringing him back on a one year deal where he still has to compete with other guys, but I want the big fish. I want Bobby Wagner. Or I want David Long Jr. I, I want upgrades uh, as opposed to just right. kind of remaining on the same level. I'm trying to go get a guy that can come in here and be better than LVE, uh, Brian. Well, I, I love the enthusiasm. You know, we'll see if the Jones boys are able to uh, follow through. God dang it, they better you know, follow through. You man. never know with Jerry, right? I mean, his his warped sense of, uh, of where the Cowboys are – there was an article, I don't think you and I even talked about it, but uh, where he talked about how the Eagles, um, you know, had gone all in and, and uh, basically, you know, didn't get what they wanted. Yeah. Um, and then he compared the Cowboys to the 49ers, you know, who have seven NFC championships and two Super Bowls because they haven't won a Super Bowl since the Cowboys have won one. I mean, it's just that kind of mentality, Will. Uh, I know I like your two-year approach, but – that kind of mentality is just not going to turn uh, the team to be where it needs to be. I 100% agree. And you could tell he doesn't even understand what's going on around the league because the Eagles did not go all in. <laughs> they got two first no, round picks. Not at all. They got another two yeah, next year at, or something like that. They got their, their quarterback is still on a rookie deal. They're in good cap situation. They, they're not all man, in, but you know, give, give me Howie Roseman. Come on. Give me somebody like that. Give me a football guy behind uh, pulling the strings. That that is the thing, right? Can Jerry ever give up the GM title? It seems like 
he will not be able uh, to do that. Do that, B. We we'll no, talk no. all year about that. That, that ain't gonna happen. We one hundred percent. Hey, talk about talk about the Cocker Firm, though, man. Let these people know, man, what you guys do. The great work you do down there. I appreciate that. So, um, just to give everybody a, kind of a um, a refresher, uh, we're we are the Cochrane Firm. Uh, we have offices in Dallas, Fort Worth, and Houston. Um, we are continuing the legacy of Johnny Cochran uh, by providing legal services to the uh, community and uh, and abroad. Um, basically, you know, people ask me, "Hey, what do you do?" I mean, we represent people who've been injured or harmed by other people and companies' negligence. So you've got, you know, car wrecks, truck wrecks, motorcycle wrecks, drunk driving accidents, uh, workplace injuries. I mean, that's that's the focus of what we do. Um, I thought it might be interesting, Will, as we're kicking off uh, our second year together, a partnership. Uh, if I give you an example of some of our cases, just so the listeners out there will have an understanding of kind of what what the Cochran firm, my partner Larry Taylor and I do on Absolutely. a daily basis as far as trying to help people and fight for their rights. So um, one of our more interesting cases is I represent a guy, uh, his family, because um, he was killed. He got run over by a maintenance truck um, backing up through an intersection, and uh, the operator didn't look. So, um, you know, we're, we're going after the railroad company and uh, the operator, and there's all kinds of uh, violations, uh, transportation safety violations, railroad safety violations. So that's one type of case that we're doing. Uh, we represent a guy who got hit from behind by a truck driver who was uh, on his cell phone in the rain on the interstate and slammed into the back of his car because he wasn't paying attention. Uh, distracted driving is one, you know, a scourge uh, that we have to deal with and uh, the carnage it creates is, is just awful. Um, we represent a, a, a guy who got shot uh, 10 times as he's in his car by a police officer down in Houston, um, he was unarmed, and uh, the police officer had a history of, uh, of shooting uh, somebody in the back and killing them and shouldn't have been on the force and never should have had an armed, uh, uh, you know, dangerous weapon with him on the job. Uh, and finally, uh, most interestingly, Will, Larry uh, is not here today, but uh, he was just uh, approved by a, a federal court to be on the leadership team for the hair relaxer uh, litigation where we're representing uh, women all over the country, mainly women of color, African-American women, uh, who used the hair relaxers and has, as a result of that, they have developed cancer because of the um, carcinogens in, uh, in the chemicals. Yeah. Um, in cancer of ovarian uterine cancer and Larry uh, is one of the leading lawyers in the country on that and uh, he'll be spending most of his time on that while you and I are talking this year. So that's that's kind of what the Cochran firm's doing. Uh, we we have a busy uh, schedule this year and, and hope that we can continue this partnership with A to Z and work with uh, work with the listeners and the community and uh, help. Maybe we can get the Cowboys turned around, right, Will? <laughs> that's 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 my goal, man. But your goal is to let everybody know that Cochrane cares, and if they need any type of legal assistance, to reach out to you guys because I know y'all will hold it down because y'all been doing it since '05, man. Appreciate you, Brian. That's right. And so and so they call one eight hundred the firm. That's one eight hundred the firm, and we can be found on the internet at www.cochranetexas.com. And we look forward to uh, another 
fun partnership year with the A to Z Sports and uh, and the great Will Skywalker Steele. Ah, you're too kind. You're too kind, B. Appreciate you, man. <laughs> okay. You take care. You too, man. That's Brian from the Cochran Firm. Make sure y'all contact them at 1-800-THE-FIRM. I got to get me a firm drop. For, for those who listen to, 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 to hip-hop, y'all know what I'm talking about. I got to get me a drop. For when Brian calls in, I'm going to get me the firm drop, and that's how we going to rock. You know what I mean? I, I, I like that. I think that's what I want to do. But uh, make sure y'all hit him up, CochranTexas.com. Y'all know, we've been, we've been showcasing them all year. They do great work. Can't wait to head back down there to do another show uh, at their facility. It's fantastic, and I say it all the time. They fight for you. Now, look, we got a lot of callers on the line, but I want to get to my second Catboy Criteria guy before we do that, and then I'll take some more callers here. I'll get to you in a second, Glenn. I'll get to you in a second, Los. We also got MJ on the horn, but hold tight. I want to talk to you about this guy I got here in a second. I ain't talking about him. Not Sean Robinson. Sean Robinson, I feel a little bit more excited about than this next guy. But fits the Cowboy criteria, okay? So don't kill me, Cowboys Nation. Don't kill me. But Akeem Hicks. Here you go. 6'5", 325. He's been a run-stopping guy his entire career. Uh, he was a guy that was actually on my radar last year when he was a free agent. But then Tampa signed him. Um, to play next to or with or in 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 reserve for their big guy Vita Vea. But Akeem Hicks fits all of the catboy criteria. I mean, every single last one of them. Hurt guy. Should be cheap guy. Veteran guy. Doesn't fit the hey, he has some upside to stick around for a long time. No. This would be more in the mode of Brent Urban. Right? Brent Urban was a pure run guy. Uh, been around the league for a bit, but was often injured. Same thing with Akeem Hicks. He only played in, I think, 11 games last year. But in those 11 games, nine of them, he played 30 snaps or more. So when he was when he was available, he played a lot more snaps than, than you would think. I don't think Akeem Hicks is going to come here and play 30 snaps uh, nine different times. He played, Sometimes he played 40 snaps. I don't really see that happening with Akeem Hicks because Dan Quinn likes to rotate these guys. With that said, the next guy I talk about, he played a good bit. But in those 11 games, he did record, I believe, 15 stops. So he's a guy that can can, can still be an impact as a run stopper. Is he going to be a high-level impact player anymore? Probably not. We're talking about a dude who's about 33. So he's definitely up there in age. And, you know, another guy I could have put on here. Should have because Michael Parsons brought him up. Clayus Campbell, but we brought up Clayus Campbell last year too. But Akeem Hicks, y'all, projected contract, which is interesting that his would be more than Ashawn, but PFF has one year, $3.5 million. Again, still cheap, not expensive, and I'd imagine in Dallas it'd be cheaper than that. I'll ask y'all the same question I did with Ashawn. One to 10, how would you feel about uh, the Cowboys signing Akeem Hicks? I didn't give y'all a number for Ashawn, but I w- for me, it'd be a little bit lower. Uh, than Ashawn Robinson. I don't even think that Ashawn Robinson is on the wrong side of 30 yet. He, he might be 30, but I don't think he's 33. I know he ain't no 33. So I'm more in favor of Ashawn, but but if they signed Akeem Hicks, I don't know that it'd move a needle for me, but it would address a need. Bars. 
Picks would fit, says Sugar Daddy One. <laughs> Toxic said, this is depressing. Wow, I'm actually shocked. A lot of you guys are, are pretty high on this. Swain, eight and a half. Hallelujah, eight. Captain America, eight. Uh, Gregory, seven. <laughs> I ain't that old. I appreciate your trip. Uh, Double R says, he don't fit. You must get you must get rut. What's that? He don't fit. You must get rut. I'm not sure what that means. Uh, Nick Burson says, Hicks would be good. I plead the fifth, yo, wow. All right, a lot of people, most people are for Akeem Hicks. If I had to give it a number, it'd be probably about a seven, where Ashawn to me would be like eight and a half. Uh, Akeem would be a seven, but I would I would address I would look at it this way. Obviously, one year deal, but guess what? I want to pair this guy. I want to pair him with somebody else. I don't want to just sign Akeem Hicks and be like, all right, wipe my hands with one tech. Nah, no, 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 no. You know who I pair him with? Old Jonathan Hankins. Hear me out. Hear me out. Look, I usually don't include previously. Previous Cowboys. I usually try to go out in the free agent market and find guys that did not play with this team. But how can I not include Jonathan Hankins in this conversation? And of course, he fits the Cowboy criteria. Not necessarily on the hurt department, but veteran guy, cheap guy, and he's familiar with this team. Oh, and he was a difference maker. Let's not get that twisted. Now, Hankins only played in five regular season games for the Cowboys, but he has seven stops in the, in those games, and he showed his value, right? He showed his value to the Cowboys that, that went far beyond the actual stat sheet. Shout out to my guy, Professor O, for this. We talked about this during the season. When Jonathan Hankins was on the field, Cowboys allowed 3.6 yards per rush. When Jonathan Hankins was off the field, that almost jumped an entire yard to four and a half yards per rush. I don't even think you needed to see the numbers to understand that, right? Because we saw the difference when Hankins won out for those four games. So then he comes back for the playoffs. And in the playoffs, he had another four stops, helped hold Tampa to 52 yards. Oh, well, Sky, it's Tampa. Cool. But he helped hold Christian McCaffrey and Elijah Mitchell and that rushing attack to 86 total yards. In fact, Christian McCaffrey averaged like three yards per carry. And those 86 yards that, that they got, a chunk of those yards came on like the last possession where we're, we're Elijah Mitchell's, you know, he got out the backfield for like a 15-yard gain or something like that. So it's clear as day that Jonathan Hankins was a difference maker for the Cowboys. And if they're going to go Catboy criteria process, right? I don't think you can just do sign one of these guys. I feel like I would sign a combination. Get to camp. See who lasts. Make these young guys beat out these old guys. And if they can't, now I've got two dudes and essentially insurance. Well, Sky, that's a lot of one text to be carrying. Hey, man, you got to do what you got to do to keep these linebackers clean. Any combination of these three, I'd, I'd be happy about. I'd be happy about. Preferably, A. Sean Robinson and, and one of the other two. But I would be mad at Hank.
Not at all. Jonathan Hankins returning Cowboys Nation 1 to 10 on a scale of 1 to 10. How would you feel? How would you feel? TC says he prefer Hankins and Ashawn or Akeem. I think that's that's a bit that sounds right for Cowboy fans, right? We we we've seen Jonathan Hankins on this team. We've seen the impact that he's had. Uh, he's closer to us than Ashawn and Akeem are. Uh, that, that that makes sense. If I had to pick between the two, like Scott, you want to get one? I'd prefer Ashawn because he's younger than the other two, and I I think he's just as good of a run stopper. Uh, but Hankins showed his worth for the Cowboys. Hankins showed his worth. Would not be mad at all bringing him back. Again, any of these dudes you sign, you don't sign them with the, the thought process of, I don't need to address it anymore, whether it be draft or whether it be free agency. I would actually sign them and add on to it. I'm not I'm not just stopping at one thing. All right, before I get to my, my, my Wildcat and Jerry guy, let's hit these phone lines. Let's talk, let's talk to Glenn. What's up, Glenn? Hey, what's good, Sky? Can you hear me? I'm in my car. I don't know if uh, I'm coming in okay. Yep. I hear you loud and clear, man. Okay. Okay, great. Thanks for taking the call. So um, I totally agree as far as what the Cowboys need to do as far as plugging this middle. I think you and I talked about this late in the season. And I totally agree the, the run defense, there was a light and day difference or a night and day difference um, when Hankins was in the lineup. And I think the other thing that I noticed, too, is that when Hankins was in the lineup to stop that, that middle from leaking, I found that uh, uh, running backs weren't able to get outside anymore because what yep. tends to happen is when you're leaking up the middle, a lot of times your outside leverage is lost because you're overcompensating trying to stop that middle, and then all of a sudden they break outside and you're not there because you're overcompensating. I guess my point is that when that middle is plugged, uh, teams are not only not able to get to the middle, but they're also not able able to get on the outside because of the speed that we have on the ends and on the linebackers. What are well, your thoughts on that? Well, so so also to add to that, if you're able to plug the middle, you're keeping your linebackers clean. If you're keeping your linebackers clean, they have a, a, a freer access to the edges. Um, so I think Hankins did that for an LVE, did that for Clark, did that for whoever was playing linebacker. He helped keep those guys clean. There was only one game where the Cowboys struggled immensely in the run department um, with Hankins in the game, and that was Green Bay. You know, that, that was the only game they really struggled. If you go look at you can say, well, what about the, the Bears? No. When, when, when he was in the game, the Bears only averaged like three yards per carry with Hankins in the game with their running backs. I'm not counting the quarterback getting outside and rushing, just purely the running backs. And if, you go, if we go watch that film, you see that he helped keep uh, Damone Clark was his first game and LVE clean in those games. So, you know, if, if you can give me a guy that can help keep these linebackers clean, I think it'll help contain the edges even more because they can have free access to it. Now, when you talk about eye candy, things like that, that's a different discussion your linebackers can get held up with. Right, right, right. Yeah, I totally agree. Um, the, uh, the, the last point I wanted to hit, um, I think I kind of disagree a little bit with you on your, on your tight end assessment. I agree Ferguson definitely has the potential to be a, a stud and even potentially a, a Pro Bowl caliber tight end. I just don't think he's ready yet, hmm. and I think a lot of that had to do with his injuries. Um, you know, he was out of the lineup a lot, and then, uh, and then I felt like Schultz was, was prematurely inserting himself in the, lineup, in the lineup because he didn't – he saw Ferguson shining, and he felt like he had to stop that. But that's a whole other – that's a whole other. So he was, he was Jason – 
Was he Jason Witten Ferguson? <laughs> yeah. That's, yeah, basically, that's basically what you're saying. <laughs> yeah. I, I, well, I, I, well, here's the thing. I think that Schultz didn't want the Cowboys to really see what Ferguson could do. And I felt like had Ferguson played more and, and, uh, you know, a lot of it, he had some injuries of his own, right? And, and that just Oh, well, I mean, Ferguson played like, in, like, majority of the games. I think he played, like, 16 games. So it's not like – in fact, Dalton Schultz missed more games than Ferguson. But Dalton Schultz, when he missed those games, it was Cooper Rush at quarterback. And if you, if you remember some of our film study I kept talking about, what I noticed was Cooper Rush don't give a damn about the tight ends. The only time he gave a damn about the tight ends is if, is if it was game plan to go to them. Uh, and I'm talking about like that Giants game. There was specific, you know, schemed uh, plays to hit a Peyton Hendershot or Jake Ferguson. But other than that, and then you saw it happen in the second half of the of the Eagles game. Other than that, it was like the tight end was an afterthought to to Cooper Rush. And and during that time that Schultz was out, I was looking at the film and I'm like, hey man, there is opportunity for Jake Ferguson. He's just not getting the ball thrown to him. Yeah, well, I, I think that that's going to change, and and with um, you know, with McCarthy calling the plays and, and I guess designing plays, we're getting we're going to see now more than ever that the tight end, ideally in this offense, is going to command the middle. I think the catch radius, and I'm not talking scenes, I'm not talking getting downfield, I'm just talking about commanding double teams over the middle. I'd like to see that, and so I'm open to even trading some draft capital for an established. Pro Bowl caliber tight end uh, or one that's marginally a Pro Bowl caliber. I, I heard a rumor that Andrews might be available if if the if the Jackson contract doesn't work out. I, I don't know how valid that is, but I'd be willing to give up some capital Ooh. to get a guy like that starter because I think this what if if McCarthy is truly committed to trying to be more ball control, and I'm not saying three yards in a cloud of dust. I'm talking about moving the sticks you're going to need more at tight end. And so I'd be open to um, upgrading the, the, the offense with uh, and pairing Ferguson with a stud tight end. I'm not saying replace, I'm saying pairing him and also having Ferguson learn. So I'll, 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 take, the, I'll take the answer off air to get your thoughts on that. Thanks for taking the call. Appreciate you, Glenn. I can't fake the funk, y'all. If I'm not willing to spend the first, I say willing. If I'm not all for spending a first round pick, on tight end, I'm 100% not willing to trade capital and pay a whole lot for for quote unquote essentially just a chain mover. Try to make sure I get these words right here. From what you were saying, you're you're like, well, if the offense is going to be more of a ball control, control middle of the field, like the job of the tight end for the most part is to do that in general. And again, I look at Jake Ferguson and I don't see why he can't do that. I just don't see why Jake can't control the middle of the field. I had to stat earlier where if you're talking about getting downfield, well, majority of, 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 of all tight ends in the league, most of their catches are coming short and intermediate. So like that, that is almost the, the job of the tight end to be the quarterback's friend. Dalton Schultz did it. He look, look, we don't, we're not big Dalton Schultz fans here, but Dalton Schultz did exactly that very well. He just caught the ball, moved the chain, got your first downs. I mean, if you're talking about 
getting a difference making type of tight end, that tight end then would have to to have some yak ability that Dalton Schultz didn't have. I think Jake Ferguson has. That tight end has to be able to be able to block too, right? Because tight ends are going to be dealing with defense ends a lot in this league. Linebackers a lot in this league. What makes George Kittle so great is that he is not just an elite receiver. He's an elite blocker. And then if you're not going to be one of those blockers, damn it, you better be an elite Hall of Fame wide res- wide receiving tight end like a like a Kelsey. And I'm not trying to undervalue the tight end position because I believe that the tight end position can be an X factor if you utilize it right. Yeah, maybe I'm maybe I'm just maybe I'm just a homer, but but I feel like Jake Ferguson checks all the boxes for me. I feel like Jake Ferguson has exceptional hands. I feel like he's really damn good after the catch. I feel like he's he can be a dog in the blocking department. He has that linebacker mentality. I feel like he can do up the same things. I've seen him do overs. He's I, I've I've seen him have quick hips in the in the play action department, getting his hips around and his in his and his his eyes around catching the rock, getting upfield real quick. Seen he make people miss. I, I feel like Jake just checks the boxes for me at the tight end position. Now, if you're like ace guy, I want to get more. I, I want to, I want my offense to have the tight end detached and be like an, an extension of a wide receiver. I wouldn't say that's Jake Ferguson. That'd be more of the Kincaid, the Waller, the, the Kelsey's of the world. And then you operate your offense in that manner. But I don't think that's going to be the case here with, with with Mike McCarthy. I don't think that they're going to look to detach their tight end majority of the time. I like my tight end to be able to do things from the interior because you can do so many more things from a play action department, from a route department. He has more. He has a, a access inside, outside, up the seam, as opposed to if you spread him out wide. Majority of the time, that's where he's going to be. A play action really is not going to affect anything. I'm getting one-on-ones with a linebacker or a safety. Um I don't know, man. I again, I, I'm starting to feel like a bit stubborn on, on, on Jake Ferguson. Bit is it bullish? I'm a bit bullish on Jake Ferguson. I, I maybe I don't think I'm the only one in that department, but I'm willing to move. I'm willing to move off of it if 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 the Cowboys are willing to move in a different direction of what they want the responsibility of the tight end to be. Good call, Glenn. Uh, let's get Los real quick. And then I'm going to get into my Wildcat and Jerry guy for defense tackle. What's up, Los? Good morning, Sky. Now, I know when we're talking about free agents, we have to talk about the cap. And if they've been a hurt guy, yeah. can they play exceptionally well when injured or flat out or never use, you know, James Washington, you know, those type of cats, right? So if I were to give you that those type of situations, I can only give you two names and offensively that can give you that and can come here and produce. And you tell me what you think, Sky. Okay. Nelson Aguilar from the Patriots, who's 30. And you, you touched on it, Robert Woods, 31 from the Titans. And I think both of the, these wide receivers can still be solid enough with a good offensive scheme and a good run game. And that's something I think Cowboys want to build off, especially seeing this team need someone to take coverage off of CD and Gallup at times. So, I mean, those are the two names I can give out there. But if I didn't give a damn about no damn budget, give me Jacoby Myers, 
and David Long, that linebacker from the Titans, and let's ride. Let's see what we can do. You're the second person that brought up Jacoby Myers. Huh? You're the second one that brought up Jacoby Myers. I'm I'm not a bit – I mean, look, I think he could be fine for somebody else. I feel like he'd be super redundant here. But David Long Jr., I'm all in on David Long Jr. Gotcha. I just feel Jacoby Myers would be a great fit here just because necessarily he doesn't have to be a one – but he will be a great number two with his, you know, route running. You know, he's a good route runner. He can catch the ball. And he's shown the ability to be a number one at times. But I think he's better fit number two. And that's just my opinion. But you just tell me what you what, what you think, Sky, about those two names, Nelson Aguilar or Robert Woods, and I'll leave you with that, Sky. Peace. All right. Appreciate you, Lopes. Yeah, we talked about Robert Woods a couple weeks ago. I think he's definitely fits the mold of T.Y. Hilton, veteran guy. Uh, can, can be available for your quarterback, knows how to get open, knows how to find the soft spots, uh, shorthanded. Yeah, Robert Woods would be a, a quality veteran depth guy. Um, I, would, I wouldn't be done, though. I, I, would, I would still try to get me a young guy to develop, uh, to compete with your Tolberts of the world, right? Um, but that would be like, okay, I can't go get D-Hop. I can't get Odell. And like Lowe said, let's try to find the, the cheap options Woods, uh, Aguilar, Aguilar turned it around. You know, he had that Super Bowl run, and but he was a joke in Philly for quite some time. But then I think he went to was it Oakland, had a solid year. Also, I think Pittsburgh or not Pittsburgh, uh, the Patriots. Aguilar didn't move the needle for me, but man, I'd be that's like I said, Robert Woods and Ty was the bare minimum. I feel like Aguilar's is below that, but he's had some good years. Wouldn't move the needle for me. It would feel much like a James Washington type of move. Am I being honest? I'm being honest. Uh, yeah, but Jacoby Myers, it's the second day in a row we brought up Jacoby Myers. I, nah, I mean, I mean what, his market value, I think, was actually pretty high, higher than I thought it would be. And I just, I'm good. I, I, I want somebody better. And I feel like you bring him here and I got Jacoby Myers. I got, I got Michael Gallup. I, I now they're fighting for pretty much the same thing. I need somebody with a completely different skill set than that dude, or one of them dudes like a D hop. That's just me. Like he said, his opinion, that's my opinion. Not calling Jacoby Myers a bad player. I just don't see I just don't see it here. Just don't see it here. But you know what I do see? I see this guy as a massive fit. For the Cowboys defense. Been trying to get this dude on this team for the last couple seasons. When he hit free agency, when he was possibly available for a trade in New York. No, he's not. He might be better. No, he's not Deron Payne of last year. But if you had a consolation prize or, or a second place prize from a Deron Payne, without a doubt, Dalvin Tomlinson is it. Now, let's just start with the damn money first because that's this is why he's a Wildcat and Jerry guy. This is why he's a Wildcat and Jerry guy. If you look at PFF, about $11 million per year. You look at his market value on uh, Spotrack, it's about eight and some change, eight and a half. Find a middle ground there, $9 million. Shh, make it happen. Let's make it happen. You want a run-stopping dude. This is a run-stopping dude. Now, he only played in 13 games last year. 
for the Vikings. Prior to that, he played 16 games every season, every single year. So this ain't no cat boy criteria. This guy plays and he and he's good and he ain't going to be cheap. He had 42 tackles last year, two and a half sacks, 20 solo tackles, even got in 10 quarterback hits. But don't get it twisted. I ain't trying to sign Dalvin Thomason to sack the quarterback. I'm signing him to bully these offensive linemen like you see him doing and stopping the run. Since 2017, he has the third most tackles for loss or no gains in the entire National Football League. In the entire National Football League. He's got a high motor. He's dumb strong, country strong. And he's smart as hell when it comes to defending the run. If you actually go look at the Ashans, the, the Hankins, the Thompson, these are veteran guys that know how to defend the run. It's one thing to be big, and this is not a shot at a guy like uh, 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 Bo or a guy like, uh, who's the cat, Big Country, that we drafted. Like These guys are big, but they don't know how to stop the run in the NFL just yet because they're young and they're, they're, they're getting there. These guys know how to do it, and Thompson knows how to do it at a high level. Now they actually use him in Minnesota a little bit more as a three tech dude, but this is a this is a guy that can line up over the center. He can line up on you know shade to the other side as a, as a as a one tech. And you want to talk about causing accidents, Stalvin Thompson. He's going to cause accidents. So, not going to be cheap, but he also ain't going to be twenty million dollars that Deron Payne would have cost you. If you could settle on anywhere between eight and a half and eleven million dollars, Cowboys Nation, how would you feel about that for a Dalvin Thomason scale to one to ten? I mean, it's a ten for me. It's a ten for me. Uh, Captain America, hell yeah, the Dalvin Thomason, yup. Says uh, it man. Bama definitely knows how to make good plays for sure. 10, I mean, lots of 10s here, nine and a half. DP been hollering for Dalvin Thompson for a minute. Yeah, I've been trying to get this man on this team. It felt like ever since I started doing Cowboys talk on <laughs> Oscar said, all oh, these former Alabama players, look, dog, they know how to make them. They know how to make them, man. Oh, block, okay, that's David G talking about the tight end. I think we all on board. I think we all on board with Dalvin Thomason. Now, now, now. Would Jerry be on board? I don't have the patience to jack with you today. We know who wouldn't be. Here comes the money. Here we go. Money talks. Here comes the money. <laughs> we know who wouldn't be. I think Dalvin, somebody asked how old is Dalvin. I think he's like 29. I believe he's the youngest of the bunch. I, I, I could be wrong here, but I believe he's like 29. So he's not on the other side. But can you imagine, though, Cowboys Nation, you know, putting Dalvin Tomlinson next to Osa, and, and then I guess you could have Golston in there, and then Micah Parsons is behind. I mean, Dalvin Tomlinson could be one of those difference makers up front that could help elevate your defense. And that's really what I'm looking at. I feel like the other three dudes that we talked about not saying that Hankins and Ashawn being a run stopper uh, that they are won't help your defense. But I think Thompson could be one of them hump type guys. Truly. 
Nah, Matisse. No, 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 no. Look, 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 look. Go look, Matisse. Go look. This is the Wildcat and Jerry part. This is the one where we're supposed to have some fun. The Catboy part we got. The the realistic part we talked about. This is this is the Wildcat and Jerry part, man. DJ, how you feel about Dalvin Thomason and some of these guys that we just talked about here? Man, it's good, good, good. I just put it in the chat, man. Like, I'd be at like an eight and a half on the scale of ten, right? Mm -hmm. But if they address it with one of the other guys, the the cheaper guys, um, you know, I've been I've been standing for uh, keeping Hankins all off season. Um, so if they kept Hankins and added Thomason, then I'm a ten all day on that for sure. For sure. But, um, I mean, I know that is – that's the wildcat inside. That's, so, the way that I feel about it is inside, yeah. if – yeah. Like, if, if um, they go out and get two of the three, you know, they get a Team Hicks and Sean or keep Jonathan and Hicks or what some kind of mixture of the guys, then I'm cool. Um, but, uh, like I said before, it's all about keeping the floor – where you need it because it was good. It was more than good. So I would really, really want to bring Hankins back and then add an addition to it. That's just how I've, I've thought about it this whole time. I've kind of settled in on that idea. Now, of course, because I settled in on it, it's definitely not going to happen that way now. That's just how it goes with, <laughs> with We can't get our hopes up with this team, right? We got to protect ourselves a little yeah. bit. For sure. For sure, man. But, um, yeah, I, I think just – Basically, just ask Dan Quinn who he wants or who he thinks would be the best guy and then make the money work after that. Like, that's how I feel about it at this point. Like, Dan Quinn's got this kind of whole, this whole thing kind of figured out, you know, right? That's, so, just, that's well, go a ahead. Good, that's a good point, yo. DJ, if I'm Dan Quinn, I, I start using using the juice I got, right? Because, look, Dan Quinn might be the most favorite coach the Cowboys have had in a very long time. And what I mean by favorite is mm -hmm. Mike loves Dan Quinn. You know Jerry mm -hmm. does because of what he's done with this defense. So if I'm Dan, I'm going to try to put on the GM hat a little bit. Hey, hey, man, look, what do you think about going to get me Dalvin Thomas? I'm telling you, man, I, this guy can make a difference for this team. Help You get, You got to use the Super Bowl word when it comes to Jerry Jones. It can, help you, it can help you get the Super Bowl. Maybe Dan Quinn, because he's one of the most favorite <laughs> coaches in a long time in Dallas, can help Jerry bring in a guy like a Dalvin Thomason. You might be on to something. For sure, for sure. And of course, he'd have to he'd have to preface it by saying, well, of course, if it's like $15 million, of course not, I understand. But like, hey, Jerry, if it's 11 if it's 11 I would really consider that. You know what I mean? Like, He's not juice, uh, yeah. For sure, for sure. Uh, and then the last thing on this tight end thing, man, I'm, I'm with you uh, on Ferguson. I'm like, even if you compare, like, anybody that you can get, right, within reason, like, some guys are going to cost too much. Um, like, I think Andrews was brought up. I'm like, that, that's just going to cost too much. To spend the first-round pick, even understanding that it's college film versus NFL film, are any of these guys film better than what Ferguson or Hendershot put up last year for what you feel like your tight end is going to do? Um, Darnell Washington is a different monster, right? Like, he's doing something completely different. Uh, and then we, we, I did get to watch him last night with Vox. So, like, he's bringing something completely different to the table for you. But Kincaid, the one that the, is the, the, the big talk about who's actually going to be coming, uh, at least from what I've heard and on Twitter and, and like how people are speaking, like, there's nothing that he did on film 
that we didn't get from Hendershot, that we didn't get from Ferguson. Uh, and I could argue that Ferguson and Hendershot's NFL field versus NFL competition was still better than Kid Cage versus college uh, versus college players. So um, I'm, I'm, I'm with you. I'm like, hey, let's just rock, just rock with what we got. I mean, we have Ferguson and Hendershot. And if you want to argue Hendersh- uh, King Cade over Hendershot, that, that's still not putting him in the conversation with Ferguson. Well, it ain't putting him in the conversation for round one because I'm not drafting the tight end to be round one to be a tight end. Oh, no, 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 absolutely not. Kincaid got some. Absolutely nice, not. He got absolutely. some. He got some fun highlights for for, for sure. Uh, he got fun film. I mean, mm-hmm. if, if if you're looking, no, it's, good. it's fun to watch for sure. Yeah, if you're looking for for that that style of tight end, I mean, again, I, I don't want people to think I don't like the kid. I think the kid's gonna be a good player. Uh, I, I just in my in this situation, I don't, I think I got my guy right. Uh, but if I was looking for that mm-hmm. type of tight end or I didn't have a tight end, yeah, he 100% is, is, is in the equation for, for some of these teams. Uh, but but I'm pretty much 10 toes on on uh, on Jake. But Kincaid, I mean, he got, like I said, fun tape, man. Good hands. He's a former basketball player. He can get up and grab it, uh, make some highlight catches. Uh, tough dude. Uh, finesse player, but but that's what he is. He's a, he's a, he's a wide receiver at, at tight end for you. That's what he's going to be. Uh, and I and again, this just comes back to the drafted in the first round, you know, after what Broad has said. Yeah. And I feel like I feel like uh, I feel about tight end how everybody wants us to feel about drafting running back in the first. Like it's just not, it's just a non consideration for me unless you just having like what you feel like we talked about the other day. Like it's going to be a Hall of Fame guy, and you know for sure it's going to be a Hall of Fame guy. Like it just doesn't it doesn't translate for me. Like I don't even it's like reading Chinese. I don't even understand it. Yeah, I, the the way I used it was: Is this kid special? Like I don't view him as, as special. So if he's not special to me at that position, I I, I like what I got. You know, uh, you got to be special to, for me to to kind of go away from what I got. But maybe Dallas—that's what they want to do. Maybe Dallas believes he's special. And again, we're projecting. We don't know if Dallas is actually likes Kincaid that much. But but. Maybe it's Mayer because you know actually Mayer fits more the style of what Dallas likes. You know, a guy that's a, a combo tight, you know what yeah. I'm saying? A combo tight end can do the blocking, can 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 get out, be in line. He's more of what Dallas is like traditionally, anyway. So, and what we need to do is be like, hey, if we think about this guy lined up at fullback, like how do, how much do I like him there? Like, that's how I have to start grading because that's how we we been, we haven't had a fullback since what Ola Wale. In like seventeen, eighteen, something like that. So, and they've been using tight ends for that ever since. So maybe that's how they're thinking about it. You know, Mayor. Uh, oh, oh, Mayor. I'm about to say Kincaid is not the guy you want. You want to do fullback things. Oh <laughs> yeah, my all. goodness, no. Uh, hey, uh, I think they're actually going to take one, uh, whether it be the draft or sign one. I think we're actually going to have a fullback on this roster. That's one thing that that McCarthy absolutely loved to have was a fullback. For sure, John Cool. For sure, cool? for sure. Yeah, cool. Yeah, it was cool. Cool. Spelled differently, but yeah, it was cool. Yep. Yep. <laughs> get, get out of here, dog. <laughs> Save that for later. Three o'clock. <laughs> uh, all right, man. I'll get out of your way. All right, bro. Appreciate it, DJ. <laughs> Y'all ain't shit, man. <sighs> it's a fascinating conversation. I think the 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 Dalvin Tomlinson one is is easy, is easy. If if signing a guy like Dalvin Tomlinson does not get you excited, 
you might need to hit up Boston Scientific. In the U.S., more than 39 million men suffer from ED. And Boston Scientific has created edcure.org to help you find your best cure. Easy to get started, man. Head on over to edcure.org, take the quiz, learn your severity or risk of ED, and they got customized content just for you. The fastest way to find your best cure is to contact the ED specialist by browsing a list of experienced physicians in your area. Again, if it doesn't excite you, you might need to hit up Boston Scientific. I'm telling you, it ain't hard. But you can be. You're listening to A to Z Sports. Do it live! At some point, hoping to broadcast in front of the million of Cowboys fans to bring you the real. But for now, strap up and here's your host, Skywalker Steel. I'm Luke Skywalker. I'm here to rescue you. We'll do it live. I promise you. Closet Scientific did not expect this. We are a prestigious organization. We will not stand for any of this foo-foo. Oh, let me do that. Don't put me on TV. I want to stay right here so I can do stuff like this. Right here. Uh, We got a guy that snuck up in here. Or guy. I don't know who 602 is. Let me do Mar first. Let me let me let me let me hit up Mar first. Cause we don't know which way we're gonna go with Magic City. Magic City Marv, what's up, man? What up, Steer? It's good with today, you. brother. It's going well, man. I'm good. We're on good timing and everything. I, I know. Well, uh, you make a good sense. Uh I remember we wanted pain, but it's too much. But Dalvin Thompson with uh Hank in the middle, and then you got Smith. D Law, and then you got our linebackers, Parson, 33, 14, and 50. If we don't keep 55, and then if we get Dalvin, we could put uh, 24 at safety. And I'm gonna tell y'all something. Uh, I get what you call number one a chance to play free safety because he run a 4-3. He played that in college too. And then you drop in the corner, you go with number. Other corner with uh, Bland in the slot. Yeah, you have one of the most dangerous defense. We we stop that middle of the defense, make that our strength. Now our DNs to eat and our linebackers. I love how Hankins and yeah, I love how you connected the 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 whole defense to the middle because that that is kind of the domino effect you can have, right? Like if you can impact the middle of that pocket or, or stop the run. It but it has a domino effect on everything behind it. So so good point, Mark. That'd be cold. You know something? So I'm huh? thinking the same thing because I've been wanting Dalvin too. So if you get Dalvin, they're not gonna sign six, and we can replace six because we got a lot. Oh of oh oh, Donovan Wilson. Dalvin. Yeah yeah yeah. I, yeah. I, I'm starting so, to come around to to that too. I'm just kind of preparing myself that that Dino will not be back. I feel like he's actually gonna have a solid market, uh, and I think they're gonna roll with Malik. J. Ron, uh, Izzy, and they, I, we keep forgetting about the kid from South Florida, or, um, Florida A and M. But they were high on him. And in fact, it was Dan Quinn who said we think he can do linebacker things. So in Marquise Bell. So uh, yeah, I think they're gonna let they're gonna he let Donald walk. Four. 
Yeah. So we get one of them fast corners. You go with your boy, and then you can just say, but the key, we got to play the middle. All, all our young linebackers will be ready. Harper, your boy 33, he should be all the way ready. Now 14 is all the way healed. You go with Parsons. Now we got speed. The middle is covered with them big, so them guys can run because you want them big boys in the middle, like you say, so them boys can get all them sacks and stopping that run in the screen. So it'll be set. And now on offensive port, get a guard and then uh, the tight end. If they jump to Notre Dame tight end, I won't be mad. That means they're going to use them a lot. That's a good point. Is, uh, and that's what I was saying, Marv. Like, if they take the guy in the first round, I think we have to now, whether who, whether it's Mayer or, or Kincaid or, or Washington, although Washington be interesting. Uh, I think we have to come around yeah. to that. They're going to be, he's going to be a feature part of the offense. Thank you. Uh, he's going to be blocking. He's in the backfield. Well, because yeah. I'm at, uh, me and you, because you've been to the camp, I'm going to tell y'all again, y'all can kick me in my butt. Simi is going to turn it out. Your boy from Cleveland that got a uh, second chance. This is a chance to feed his family. Thank you. Yeah. <laughs> you, it's, a, it's like you, it's like you give me a second chance. I'm, and I'm, I was good I'm, at. Cle- I'm going to talk up Simi probably. I'm probably going to be one of these one of the, one of the content creators that people won't get mad at. Well, the YouTubers kept talking about Simi and he ain't do nothing. I'll probably be that one because. Uh, because I think Simi Fayoko showed a lot in training camp, man, only to... to he showed it. Yeah, I, I thought he was fantastic in camp. I kept saying, I I thought he would be competing with Noah, but I think Noah being around, knowing the offense, uh, he, he got no, the nod. No, that stupid offense. Yeah. And then Simi got hurt. But, um, yeah, I'm going to be that guy. I'm going to be and, the Simi Fayoko fan and, club guy. And look at this still. Our receivers, I'm going to tell you all again. In closing. They get the chance. To run, just put it this way: they get the chance to play football instead of getting the chance of thinking right. and running the wrong routes. Right, you gonna see. I'm gonna tell all them guys are yet guys, and they about to turn it out, and it's gonna make our corners even better because these receivers are gonna go eat. <laughs> right, right, right. So right, our right, corners right, 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 right. in practice is gonna have to play. So it's gonna right. be like y'all say, steel cut steel. This is gonna be beautiful. So I'm just excited. And we got rid of the uh, the cancer is gone. San Diego and California up here, y'all gonna have them. Thank God, my man. Let's pre- get this pre- appreciate you, Mark. So, so. <laughs> e. Base, they not in San Diego no more, Mar. But, but we get the point. We get the point. Um, yeah, man. I, I'm gonna be probably waving a semi flag this summer. See what happens. If you noticed, none of the young guys really showed anything because I, you heard what Tobert said and then and, and what others, what, what quarterbacks have said. I just don't think the, the offense was, it favored young guys. In fact, Simi brought it up. I think Simi talked about the complexity of it as well. And now you can say, well, that's a detriment on the player. He couldn't pick it up. That's that. That's true too. That's true too. Cause I see my man said he didn't show anything in the, in the, in the games. Well, shit, he didn't, he didn't play. Tober didn't show nothing. Dennis didn't show nothing. Simi didn't show nothing. None of our young guys showed anything from a wide receiver standpoint. I don't personally think that's a coincidence. The one dude who was a young guy that showed something in this offense 
happened to be sandwiched between two established guys. And he primarily worked in the slot in the middle of the field. And that's CeeDee Lamb. And he was CeeDee Lamb, right? I think when you're talking about developing young guys, it was a bit, it was harder. And it's clear as day that it was harder. Clear as day. Hell, they thought Dennis Houston was a guy who got cut right away. Tober couldn't even line up right. Couldn't even put him out there. Simi might have got the, the ankle hurt situation. I don't know for sure. But he did get put on IR. Now, I don't think the offense, we talked about this before, I don't think this offense is going to be as difficult to grasp for these wide receivers because they won't be asked to think too much out there. They can just go play. And uh, I think that'll help showcase guys that have a, a, I don't use the word special, but have a certain trait. Their traits can now be on full display. 602, send us out. Guy Walker Steel, what's going on? What's up with you? Man, Taylor, it's your boy DP Johnson from Arizona. What's going on, man? What's up, DP? Man, I, I got so excited when I seen you put that boy Dalvin Thomas on the list. You know, I've been writing in about him for yes, a couple weeks now, man. That dude is a beast in the middle. That's our guy, man. Yeah, man. I, I, I really think if we can re-sign Hank and then bring in Dalvin to help rotate him, uh, number one, uh, the depth and, and the physicality that that brings to the, to the middle of your defensive line. Uh, DP. Landis, I think it, Do, yeah. it, it sound like you're muffled a little bit, man. Like you're talking, talking to me through a T-shirt over your phone. You got me on speaker? Hold on for a second. Let me, let me move my case. Right. Can you hear me a little better? Yeah, it cleared up. Yep, it cleared up. All right, yeah, I was handling some business in the yard. But, uh, gotcha. Yeah, that, that boy, that boy Dalvin, man, he's a he's a beast against that runner. Uh, he, he's the type of dude who uh, his game is a lot like how Big Bo tried to describe his own game coming out of Kentucky. You know, I'm gonna I'm a beat that center up, give him a long day, and my linebackers gonna love him. You know what I mean? I think we need that mindset in the building. Uh, we have done a great job of building our pass rush and our coverage yeah. units, but our run defense has been lacking. And I think he's a guy who can come in and be a solution for that. Again, when when your star player comes out and says, I want guy like Deron Payne, you better listen. Right? Like like yeah. he's he's the one that's out there. He understands, he sees and he feels what's going on and what's needed in front of him or next to him or whatever. Like you should listen, Steven. You should you should listen, Jerry. Yeah. And like your previous caller was saying, when you got that you got that hog in the middle that you can't leave one guy on because you know that that hog is going to eat that dude up, then all of a sudden that affects everything across the front. Right. Because now either one of these one of these guards has to commit to him, which means one of these guards can't go go get the linebacker. Right. And we saw so how – think about this. We saw how, how, how that helped elevate LVE alone. That one thing made LVE look so much mm-hmm. better. Right. So imagine what that could do uh-huh. if you got an even better player than LVE next to him. Yeah, 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 yeah. And and just just because you 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 brought him up, I just want to say again, all due respect to him. And uh, but but LVE, you had a you had a great run, sir. Um, as much as if people have a grown affection for LVE. He's never played at Sean Lee's level, so there's no need in letting him pull a Sean Lee. Ooh, 
I feel you because because a lot of people are going to say, well, we see what he did last year, but I would say, well, that was a detriment to the depth of your linebacker room than anything. He ain't have shown he's definitely me. becoming a, a a placeholder who who really shouldn't be there. You know what I mean? Like a lot of folks are gonna say, Well, Russ Hankins came in and you know the end of the season LBE played so much better and all that and yeah, he did play better than when he was playing at the beginning of the season. Right. But when the numbers come in and you give up more yards per tackle than every other linebacker in the year, in the league, it means that you hurt us being on the field. Hey, look, I'm swinging. We literally could have put anybody else in there and would have gave up less yardage. I'm in a way swinging for the fences at that position, and then if I land on LVE, that's cool. But I'm not. I'm not. I'm not going out and and saying LVE's priority. To me, LVE is the guy that you visit after the draft. You visit him with him after the draft. It's his number. Is gonna be low enough because LB doesn't play any special. His number has to be low enough that you can be okay with saying I can bring you in, knowing you're gonna be no no more than my third or fourth linebacker. Yeah, I, I, I don't mind him competing. Yeah, I don't mind. I, I, if we bring him back, he has to compete again. I felt like he he rose to the challenge in in, in the preseason or in the off season, uh, and then eventually it came. He played better in the regular season, but I'm not bringing him back and guaranteeing him a damn thing. You're gonna compete, man. They don't. Yeah, he got to fight for anything. Yeah, for he sure. would have to fight for anything. Um, I also, I also, I do like the point that y'all y'all brought up uh, about Simi. I think last year everybody was really really frustrated because of the Cooper trade, um, and so everybody got on top. But Simi, Simi been here two years. What has he done? Hasn't been able like, to do nothing. The same coach left him on the bench that left Tobit on the bench. Like right. Right, I think I think we have enough evidence now to say this offense is not designed for young guys. And again, McCarthy, we talked about this on what Monday. McCarthy threw out mm-hmm. little, little hints uh, at at Kellen Moore, but so did Jerry. What did again. Will McClay say? What did Will McClay say? You forget about Will McClay's interview too. Will McClay said, "Now we have coaches right. in house who will play the players that we bring in." Yeah, and I was going to get to uh, Jerry saying that. He 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 came out flat out and said it. We want to have a scheme that will uh, get the most out of these young players. Like he flat out came out and yeah. said it. He, that's basically a shot at Kellen Moore. Yes, sir. Yeah. Yes, sir. I think honestly, they it, it, it's natural for Cowboys Nation to panic in the offseason. It's kind of what we do, especially when we know there's going to be some changes. Um, you know, I don't think there's panic. Looking over. I think there is a a calm. I don't think it's, I think oh. it's more this year. It's just a little uneven. I think there's a there's a calm of just we we kind of know what to expect, but we also have to do our preparation of preparing for what to expect. I I don't think there's any panic right now, man. It's twenty seven years, twenty yeah. years, whatever yeah. it's been. But hey, yeah. DP, appreciate I, I, you calling I, I, in, big dog. I'm keeping moving, man. Oh, okay. Well, yes, take sir. it easy, Scott. You have a good one. Yep. Talk to you later, man. King you up. All right, man, that's DP. Touched on a number of things. Appreciate you. Let me get to these super chats. Let me get up out of here. Good time of the day. Good stuff today. Did I miss any? I think we good, actually. Yeah, we're straight. 
perfect. For those who missed today's show, let me run this back just a little bit. We talked about uh, my Catboy Criteria guys. And those Catboy Criteria guys, Ashawn Robinson, that defense tackle, Akeem Hicks, and Jonathan Hankins. If you don't know what Catboy Criteria is, run this thing back so you can understand. All these dudes are going to be cheap options. They fit a need. They allow you to go into the draft and say, hey, we don't have to take this player early in the draft. Doesn't matter. The Cowboys never draft a defensive tackle early. Hell, they hardly ever draft a defensive tackle like this, period. You know, Big Bo was the first guy they drafted that was of that size in like 20 years. So they're not going to do it, which is why I started to show off with Dallas has to address this position in free agency, and they can't play around with it. Technically, if you just sign in Akeem Hicks, I think you're playing around. I feel like you gotta you gotta swing a little bit harder than that. You gotta try to hit a double at least. Get me a couple of these dudes. And I feel like pairing and Jonathan Hankins with one of these guys would be perfect because Hankins was here, and now you bring in another dude. And now, much like what Philly did, where they could roll out five or six defensive tackles, you can start to do a little bit of that. Jonathan Hankins, Ashawn, Ghostin, Osa. Uh, I don't know what they're gonna do with with Neville. Kind of a, feels like a lost cause, but. And then address it more in the draft. You still got Bodes here as well. So these are my Catboy guys. And then Dalvin Thomason is my Wildcat and Jerry guy. You get a Dalvin Thomason. I don't think you need to, to sign another dude that's going to cost you $3 million. You, you can go get you your Brent Urban, right? Had Brent Urban just been a, a reserve dude, Brent Urban, they was asking Brent Urban to play 30 snaps. It's like, yeah. yeah. That's not, that's not what we want from a hurt guy. But if you can get a, a Dalvin Thomason and a Brent Urban type, I roll with it. But if you're not going to get Dalvin Thomason, you got to get a combination of these three. Combination of these three. With that said, y'all, as I'm looking over here in the chat, like everybody is saying in this chat, please, please, please. Hit the like button if you enjoyed today's show. It is how we can get this content out there, get the algorithm popping so people can know more about the A to Z Sports Dallas brand, which is growing. I told you guys the other day, uh, A to Z started off with a handful of teams. They're now up to 22 teams and will be at 32, covering all 32 teams by the end of the summer. But the Dallas brand, bro, we took this Dallas. I say we because y'all part of this thing. We took this Dallas brand to the moon and it's still going i feel like we are a legit thing here in dallas we're only one of i think three that has a broadcasting uh aspect to it with a to z and we're only gonna get better man with the help of y'all so keep supporting if you can head to a to z sports dallas.com check out all of our talented writers including mo who will be on later uh for the primetime show uh we got we got so many talented writers uh lennox we got uh uh, uh carter uh, man, just so many guys that, and we're adding, right? We're adding to this thing, uh, to this whole entire A to Z Sports Dallas company. So keep supporting us, man. I will be on Vacha show later, 315-ish. We're talking draft. I think we're going to be looking at some mock drafts. Uh, I love, Vach is, is, is it, when I'm on that show talking, talking draft, he helps me get in the lab to take a look at some of these players. Because you got to know what the hell you're talking about when you're dealing with watching this damn draft, man. You got to know what you're talking about. Another guy you got to know what you're talking about, Foots the King. We, I talked to Foots yesterday. Next week, we're starting our on-the-clock draft series. Foots is up first. 
probably going to talk about receivers. I said that yesterday, but I think we're saving it for, for next week. So tomorrow will be Friday. I'll be opening the show up to you guys. It'll be another Fan Friday. I might drop a uh, mailbag segment. It's about that time of the offseason. So I might drop a mailbag questionnaire. Keep an eye out for that. Hit that like button. Hit that sub button. Hit that notification bell so you know when it's dropping in our community. Other than that, 315 is just crazy. It is kind of crazy. We start off at 306. Let me hit this button and get up out of here. Here we go. Man. And, and don't and people over there think it's always me. It ain't always me. It ain't always me. Sometimes it is. Me. Half the time it is me. CP time on here is weird, but in real life, I'm on time. I love y'all. We out. Peace.